Hey everybody, how you doing? Dave Smith back here again, Friday evening. Sun just went down over the mountains behind my house. Had a pretty busy day. Getting around to offer some practice for you this evening. And one of the things that is sort of fun for me that I get to do every once in a while is because when I'm super busy and I'm out and about teaching a lot, sometimes I record stuff. I almost record everything I teach just out of good habit. And sometimes I get to hearing it. Sometimes I forget about it. Sometimes I lose it. But I noticed I didn't have a lot of time today to do a guided practice. So I was looking through my phone and my voice recorder. And I found a whole series of meditations that I did, guided meditations, that I did last September when I was teaching a Cultivating Emotional Balance retreat, which is really the 4012 curriculum, teaching that up in the Santa Cruz Mountains in Boulder Creek, California, with my good friend Lonnie Potts, who taught that retreat with me. And I forgot I'd recorded a lot of the sessions and I'd recorded so many of them, I had this whole index of audio in my voice recorder. I didn't really know what it was. So this practice that you're going to hear in just a little bit is, is a practice of compassion, uh, a quality of compassion, and it offers some Buddhist and some secular perspectives on what compassion is. Mostly I find it's a greatly misunderstood concept as most ideas I find. Most of the important ideas I find in the Buddhist tradition are grossly misunderstood, mistranslated, for no fault of anybody's. It's just these are these are complex complex ideas, especially compassion. And so compassion is this appropriate important, skillful antidote to all of the suffering that we experience. And right now might be a good time to just reflect on compassion, on that word, on that practice, the ways in which we could use more of it, the areas of our lives where we could use more of it. So I'm going to splice this audio track in. One thing that's nice about this is the Vajrapani Institute where this was recorded is up in the Santa Cruz Mountains, a very beautiful location. And it was in September, so there's all these great forest sounds in the background, which I thought would be foolish to edit out. So you'll notice some crickets, some nighttime sounds. This was recorded probably about 8 o'clock in the evening with the doors open with about 15 people in the room. And there's a, a brief overview, so I talk a little bit about the practice, the ways we can relate it specifically to emotion, because that was the theme of the course of the Cultivating Emotional Balance work, which has been insanely transformative for me. So I'm, I'm glad I found these for you. So there's maybe about a 15-minute overview, and then there's a guided practice, which is some of you have sat with me before or have heard my other versions of compassion, it's my most basic one that I do of I see you, I feel you, and I care about you. So there's a way in which we're turning towards, we're recognizing, we're seeing, we're recognizing, we're acknowledging, we're being honest about the ouch, the pain, about 
the experiences in our life that have left a wound or a permanent mark or a sense of confusion, resentment, and that things of that nature. I feel you. And that's the accessing of the emotion is actually to recognize, but then to feel into, to, to really allow ourselves to turn towards that which we've been pushing away, which we've been avoiding, not wanting to be with. And then the compassionate, I, I care about you. I care about this life, this body, this mind, this experience, this moment, this world. And so this is a, a development of um, karuna bhavana the cultivation of the mind state, the heart quality of compassion. And so I hope that you enjoy, and I will uh, hopefully be back with you tomorrow. And um, I hope you're all safe and sound out there, everybody. Take care. You thought mindfulness of breathing was tricky. Once we start to really try to embody and cultivate this uh, compassion, um, there's some things that are just helpful to know. The first thing I think in that we've been talking about a lot of the secular side of it, and to try to tie that to its Buddhist roots, is that we do uh, have acknowledged that empathy and compassion are quite different. Uh, and empathy is a feeling with, um, and empathy is sort of neutral in the sense that it, it can lead to compassion or it can lead to kind of a sense of being burned out. So when we think about empathy, there's really three kinds of empathy. Uh, and the first one is, is cognitive empathy, which is just being able to see somebody, being able to see that somebody's upset or being able to see that somebody's excited, just the way we kind of read each other's faces, um, which is important. Uh, but then there's emotional empathy, which is really this, this, this uh, emotional empathy is really feeling the other, other person's emotion. Uh, and this is really where it can go a variety of ways. Emotional empathy is very, very important, but if we can't manage it properly, it can have destructive tendencies. So empathy can really sort of be constructive or destructive, depending on how we, um, how we are able to work with it. And so we could probably say that constructive empathy would be a very secular way of saying compassion. It's that I'm able to, to feel with the other person, but I'm able to keep some awareness in my experience and now I'm not overwhelmed by the emotion that you're having. I'm feeling with you, but I'm also able to do something that's going to be helpful. I'm able to respond in a way that's going to um, de decrease the, the suffering. And it might just be my own. I might not be able to do it for the other person. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a common mistranslation in, in, the, in the history of, of where this comes from. Sometimes you might have heard Buddhist teachers talk about compassion as being a quivering of the heart in, in relationship to somebody coming into contact with somebody else's pain or anguish. Um, and that's actually really more empathy than compassion. That's this uh, Pali term called anukampa, which means uh, feeling and recognizing the universal suffering of the world. And this actually is important, I think, because this is really this experience of Anukampa was what inspired the original Buddha to teach the Dharma. That it's understood that out of, out of suffering, out of seeing the suffering in the world, uh, it was what inspired him to practice and to really take the teachings and, and to do what he did. 
Um, and this was out of anokampa, this was out of a sense of empathy, of seeing his own experience. We see the suffering in ourselves, we see the suffering in others, and we can be inspired to want to do something about that. Uh, and then we have this other thing which we have, which is karuna, which is uh, the, the, the Pali translation, or really compassion as the mental cultivation of that quality. So anokampa is more like empathy. We see the suffering in the world. We see the suffering in ourselves. We want to do something about that. But we, then we really have to cultivate this quality of compassion so that way we can, we can handle it. We can, we can get into the territory of suffering in a way without becoming overwhelmed. And not only without becoming overwhelmed, but also without, um, without wallowing in others or our own. And that's where we get into this near enemy of, of pity, self-pity, which is something that looks a bit like compassion, but isn't. It's that feeling sorry for oneself um, is not compassion. But it's, it's pretty close. And it's important that we can see the distinction between the two of those. Because we don't want to feel sorry for ourselves. We want to acknowledge the hurt, the pain, the sadness, and, and be able to, to hold it and be able to do something about it, to do something that, that brings us out of that experience. So compassion as a practice has a very, very specific aim, has a very, very specific role in its, uh, in its way of dealing with the human experience. And compassion is always about uh, holding or touching that which is painful, that which is hard to be with, that which is difficult, loss. Uh, which makes it really hard because that is the antidote for that. It's the antidote for our own pain. It's the antidote for our own sense of loss and sadness. It's, it's what allows us to move through it with really kind of some grace. So it's not something that, it's not like mindfulness, which is something that's useful all the time. We don't always need to have, we don't always need to be compassionate, to be compassionate. It's, it's appropriate in certain situations. And so the reason why we have to develop karuna, we have to cultivate the mental quality, the heart quality of compassion, is because when we do come into contact with that, if we haven't been practicing it, the chances that we're just going to choose to bring it to mind is probably very unlikely. So we, we want to spend time, whether it's in our daily practice or on retreats like this, and really putting energy in, into cultivating this quality of compassion. My teacher, Stephen Smith, talks about it as it's something that we, we want to be able to call it up when we need it. We want to be able, to, when we come into contact with suffering, our own or others, it's something we need to be able to call it, we need to be able to call it to mind, which means we need to have become familiar with it. There needs to be some familiarity with the, with the experience the mental cultivation of it. If I don't have any familiarity with it, even if I try to call it to mind, it, I, don't, I haven't stored any up. So it's not just a cognitive choice. We don't just choose to be compassionate. We have to have uh, cultivated it. And again, now we're back to this definition of, of what we want to do is we want to become familiar with it. And the, the hard part about it, and I think it's so challenging, it's been so challenging for me, is the, is if I'm going to become familiar with compassion, that means I also have to become familiar with my own pain. 
I don't want to do that. So it's almost this um, uh, vulnerable willingness to go into uh, some territory in our experience where we maybe have avoided or we don't really want to go there. So as we become familiar with compassion as a quality, we also, as a result, become familiar with aspects of our life experience or aspects of our humanity that have been really hard to be with. And so we um, just kind of have to be a little bit humble, I think, about, um, you know, compa as, a, as a word, right, compassion. Most people, probably everybody here, would really value that word, right? Like compassion, oh yeah, I really, compassion, that's a good thing, and, I, and it's important to me, and I, and I value it. But when we start to get into the territory where compassion is needed, it can be very unpleasant. Um, and I'm not there yet because I'm still in practice. I'm still practicing compassion, but I still find oftentimes in the experience of of the cultivation of compassion, uh, and also when I'm in an experience of compassion, I still find that there's almost a, it's, it's a little bit unpleasant. It makes me uncomfortable. And it's vulnerable. It's maybe it's just because I haven't uh, I haven't gotten it to its full fruition stage yet, uh, uh, because I'm still in process. But I. I have had to kind of come to an acceptance of that because when uh, in the experience, in the actual experience of compassion, the unpleasantness of it sometimes makes me second guess. I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. This doesn't seem okay. This actually hurts quite a bit. And so they, they'll oftentimes the parlance that we'll use is that um, we, can, we can have the pain without the suffering. And so I think that compassion really allows us to have the pain without the suffering, but the pain is still there. It's almost like a, the, the, the thorn, uh, the thorns that get in our heart. You know, it's like uh, sometimes we, we pull one out and we think, oh, I should be good now. It's like, oh, there's, there's probably some more in there. You know, it's still there. There's something about it, there's, there's, there's an ouch quality to it, I think. Um, that can sometimes throw us off or, or make us have some doubt about, about the practice or, or some, some suspicion about that. So I just kind of maybe want to warn you against that if you find that to be the case. Because we are going into some aspects of our experience, maybe we haven't spent a lot of time there. Um, for me, a tremendous component of compassion practice uh, have actually allowed me to walk into the territory of sadness. I actually, because of my timeline and, and, and scenario, I, I spent years and years and years uh, practicing compassion. And it wasn't really until CEB, until I would say the last maybe four or five years, that I was able to recognize that this is really going to, this is, if I bring this into the sadness, then I'm going to be able to actually go into the sadness. And so as much as it's an eliciting a connection from other, is that I actually have some sense of connection with myself, that I can be in the sadness emotion in a way that feels, I really feel like I can sit in, in it now because there's enough of compassion, where years ago I just wouldn't have been able to do it. 
And so I think that you know, your sadness is longing for your compassion. Not your fear. Usually we sadness to be out for me. I'm scared of it, actually. I, I'm scared of sadness. <laughs> Sometimes I get angry at it. I don't particularly like it so much. And so yes, doing these heart practices, I think, are so um, essential for us to really be able to walk into or to sit into a lot of these emotions. So I'll, I'll kind of walk you through how I, how I teach it. I use phrases, which is uh, my traditional way of learning or teaching them is how I learn. So I use three really basic phrases because I think because of what everything I just said, it's really great if we use words that don't have a charge. So when, I, when we say I see you, or when I say I see you, what we really mean is that there's, there's, where I'm recognizing and I'm understanding. And what I'm recognizing, I'm recognizing that things have not been easy. I'm recognizing that there's been some pain, there's been some difficulty, and that there's also, and I'm understanding that. So part of it is like, it's almost as if you're sitting across from yourself, if I see you, I see you. I, I feel you is really kind of this ability to, to access. So now I'm actually embodied, and I'm allowing myself to feel what's there to be felt. So as I see you, I feel you. I see you, I feel you. I care about you. And I care about you is really this ability to, to kind of hold what's happening. And to hold it without, there, without, getting, without, act, without reactivity or without getting reactivated. And so when we slowly use these, these ideas and these phrases, it does do a couple things. Is A, by using phrases, we do build a little bit, more, a little bit of attention. So going back to the phrase, this is we go back to the breath. We go back to the phrase that helps us with our attention. We also have a little bit of a cognitive component to it where we're actually using language and words to, to try to inspire a, a process of really trying to see, to try to recognize and understand what the current ouch might be. What, what, what is it that's going on? Where maybe I'm in, am I in some denial about this pain? And then we kind of work through that. And, and we'll, we'll do a guided practice. I just want to give you the setup uh, of I feel you is really is allowing what's there to be there. And that gives us access. And so there's a way in which we access our somatic experience. We, we access our nervous system. We access our emotion. We're really getting into the somatic side of it. It's not a cognitive. It's not just a... Sometimes that's the doorway in. And, and then when we're able to have that sense of access or allowing what's to be there, it can be, it can be held in the body. So we start to see, oh, actually, I can, I can hold this experience in my body without getting reactivated or without having something uh, cook up to the top. What else do I want to say? I think that's about it. So here we're, we're not necessarily um, cultivating a sense of empathy. We're really trying to cultivate this mental training quality uh, of, of, this, of, of really caring deeply for that which hurts, which is the way that I define compassion. It's a, it's a skill. It's an ability. It's something that you learn how to do that you can learn how to do. But it is this, this ability 
to really care deeply for that which hurts. And we, we're doing, tonight we're doing self-compassion. Uh, the more that we can do it for ourselves, it's much easier to do it for others. So we really have to start at home with this practice. And so we'll do a guided practice for probably, this, to do this takes uh, some time, so probably about 40 minutes. So you can um, maybe move from writing and thinking into just trying to find a seated posture that feels good enough. So just letting your body find day. Way to sit that feels compassionate, that feels like there's some care for any discomfort you might be having. And we'll start and end with the bell. sometimes in CEB, just getting the preparatory phases, settling the body, so just taking a quick inventory of the body and letting any tension or tightness go that might have arisen. And for this practice specifically, we want to bring a heightened awareness to the area from the chin down to the belly button. So as you scan down from your chin and jaw to notice any tightening in the throat or neck and see if you can allow that to be at ease. And also with the chest and torso, allowing the chest to be open so the breath can come and go as it will, softening the belly. putting to rest any mental activity by bringing awareness to the five physical senses, letting the mind be wide by sending the awareness out through the experience of sound, the wonderful sound of the forest surrounding us here this evening. And allowing the internal chatter of the mind talking to settle as best you can by focusing on the physical, somatic experience of the body. There is a body sitting, breathing, hearing. And allowing the mind and body to settle into a natural state of presence 
and E. And to begin the practice, we're just going to simply begin by internally saying the word compassion. Just letting that drop out of the mind down into the body and just seeing what arises. Compassion. 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 this quality of caring deeply for that which hurts. And just letting that word be said and seeing what happens in the mind-body as you do this. checking back in to see if any tightness has accumulated in the body and see if you can release that again and start over. So now as we begin to bring the practice to activate the practice of compassion, we're just bringing to mind any difficulty in your life right now, any pain, confusion, uncertainty, loss, that maybe has been brushed over or slightly pushed aside. And slowly allowing that to enter the awareness of your mind and to just say, I see you. I see you. We recognize its presence. A 
understanding this is part of our experience and now just repeating the phrase, I see you. I see this pain, this hurt. I see this loss, this confusion. Just allowing this object, this experience to become familiar, acknowledging. And each time we say, I see you, we're just bringing it a little bit closer to the screen of the mind, to awareness, with respect. And for now, just a seeing, I see you, I see you. If your mind wanders off, just I see you brings us back to the practice and acknowledging, recognizing any pain, loss, difficulty, confusion. What is it? What is it that needs to be seen and allowing it to arise? Just remembering, we're just becoming familiar with this, just for now. Bringing it into the mind's eye. I see you. I see you. I see your pain.
And we slowly move a little further, so bringing more awareness into the body, releasing any tension or tightness. You might notice some tightness in the neck or throat or shoulder. See if you can relax. And begin to let this in. I see you and I feel you. There's permission allowing what's there to be felt. I feel you. I feel this pain, this hurt. I feel this loss, this betrayal, this confusion. bringing the pouring of the awareness into the body and just saying this, I see you, I feel you. I see you, I feel you. I see you, and I feel you. Allowing those simple phrases to be repeated in a slow and steady rhythm as you continue to pour awareness into your body. And then stretching the heart a bit more to include and open to this final phrase, practice phrase of, I care about you. I care about you. I care about you. And seeing how deep into your body can you send that message. I really care about you. I care about your pain. 
I care about your confusion, your sadness, all of it. I care about you. Repeating that in a slow and steady rhythm as you pour this awareness into the body. Seeing if you can really allow yourself to receive these phrases. Not just saying them, but also receiving them. I see you. I really see you. I feel you. I care about you. I see you. I feel you. I care about you. And allowing yourself to just continue to repeat those phrases in a slow and steady rhythm. Sending that message deep into the body. over and over again, as many times as needed. I see you, I feel you, and I care about you.
never in the specific aim of compassion. It's to see that which hurts. So we continue looking to see what arises. There's the pain and the upset, the loss in my life that I'm unwilling to see, to look at, to acknowledge. So I see you as a continue to look and to see what hurts. To feel into that, to acknowledge that, to allow that to be present. I feel you. And I care about you, allowing that experience to be held, without reacting, staying with. Continuing to cultivate this mind-heart quality of compassion. I see you. I feel you. I care about you. Repeating those phrases in a slow and steady rhythm whilst pouring the awareness into the body.
And continuing to check back in with the body to see if any tension has arisen. Releasing tension in the body. And staying with the practice. Mind can want to check out or get lost in distraction, and the phrase really keeps us on point. Remembering the message of our sadness is comfort me. Sending this self-care, this compassion for yourself, for any of the pain in your life now or previously. I see you. I feel you. I care about you. I see you. I feel you. I care about you. Repeating the phrases in a slow, steady rhythm while continuing to pour awareness into the body, sending the message as deep into your body system as you can so that every part of your experience can hear it. See you. I feel you. I care about you.
If you want to focus specifically on compassion for the last five minutes, you can also use the phrases, I care about you, I care about me, I care about myself. I care about you, I care about me, I care about myself. I care about you, I care about me, I care about myself. I'm here for the last five minutes of the practice. Practicing in any way that feels beneficial or supportive as we cultivate this heart quality of compassion for ourselves.
If you like, for the last two minutes of the practice, you can just place your hand over your heart. Sometimes this can help us really feel into the quality. And just take a minute or so to just offer yourself any thanks and appreciation for your courage and willingness to turn towards the difficult To not be in the dark, but to be in understanding. To not be in denial, to be in honesty. About whatever it is that has been difficult, that's been hard for you. It's okay. It's 